You tuned in to Relationship Factor, where we talk about all things relationships for millennials, moving you from a problem to solution, from functional to exceptional relationships. I'm your host, Kingsley Moyo. Hey, thanks again for downloading another episode of Relationship Factor. If we are not already connected, I hang out a lot on Instagram. Find me. Uh, the handle is Relationship Factor. Occasionally, they are dropping some relationship nuggets that will pick you up and carry you throughout the week and some helpful tips on how to build healthy relationships. And today, my guest is Shayla S. Dube. Shayla is the founder and clinical director of Lung and Wellness Empowered Inc., a private practice and mental health service provider. Shayla is a registered social worker, clinical social worker with over 10 years of mental wellness clinical experience. And in our conversation today, Shayla and I define relationship burnout and the antidote that couples can use to reset the relationships. We explore some effects of COVID-19 on relationships and how that has resulted in compassion fatigue. Join me for this conversation. Over the course of time, if a relationship is not attended to, or if you don't pay attention to a relationship, things tend to slip and slide. There is that drift that begins to happen. And sometimes you tend to hear people say that, I fell out of love, or I'm not in love anymore. And this could be related to how people do relationships or show up in relationships. There is such a thing as relationship burnout. Shayla, tell me, what is relationship burnout? What What is that? What does that look like? How, what is that? Okay. So I cannot talk about relationship burnout without first defining what burnout is. All right. So... A psychologist by the name Dr. Herbert Fudenbeger, um, he was German-born. He, he had dubbed himself as someone who was passionate about working with people with uh, addictions. So what he found out is he was overworked and tired and exhausted. So he coined the term burnout when he found out that over time, due to overworking and not attending to himself as an individual, he had emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion due to the prolonged uh, exposure to stress. So when we look at the term burnout, that's what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. So in terms of relationship, it would be the same that you will find yourself exhausted emotionally, physically, and mentally so much that you have nothing to give in that relationship because you're not attending to yourself as an individual. So you cannot, if that makes any sense. It does. So if I'm getting this correctly, so when we talk about burnout, we cannot negate the fact that it comes from an individual and it gets poured into the relationship. It's not necessarily that it just showed up in the relationship. Absolutely. Because we cannot give out what we don't have. So if that, you're not attending to yourself as an individual, how are you going to attend to your partner if you can't take care of yourself? Now, so I'm feeling this burnout and I'm an individual and 
So I'm in this relationship. You mentioned that there are several aspects that it affected. It's the mental, it's the emotional, and the physical. The physical, I get. So you you're pretty much feeling a little tired. You're just you're just tired. You you wake up in the morning. I'm assuming you wake up tired and. Before you realize that along the way, halfway the day, or maybe you woke up fine and halfway along the day, you're tired. How does it look like for somebody who is uh, mentally exhausted or emotionally exhausted? How do they react? What does that look like? The, the truth is you can't separate the two. The physical and the emotional go hand in hand. So if you are not attending to yourself physically, let's say you're not eating right or you're skipping your breakfast, you're eating, you're, you're skipping your meals, guess what? It's going to show up mentally. You're either irritable or you're not paying attention or you're snappy. It, it, it looks different from one person to another, but they really go hand in hand. They are inseparable. So it follows that if I am at work and I'm feeling burnt out and I'm snapping at my colleagues and all that stuff, it means that I'm also snapping at my children, my my partner, and, and so forth and so forth. It's not necessarily an isolated thing. It carries over to everywhere. Absolutely. And I say to people, we often talk about personally and professionally, but the truth is you are an extension of yourself. <laughs> you show up the way that you show up. If you are not attending to your personal needs, you cannot take off the personal hat and say, I'm at work now. I'm going to be the best that I can be. So <laughs> you're right. You will. It will show up in your relationships. It will show up in your work. So we are a package that needs to be taken care of holistically. So it has to be all in all. Now, we talk about burnout. And I would assume that men and women attend to burnout or are affected by burnout differently, if at all. Is that true? Um, I'm going to be, I, I usually stay away from generalizing, but the way I look at it in our society, based on what I know, we have societal expectations. Women tend to have a lot of expectations. We that's where the term uh, superwoman comes from. There's right. an expectation that you take care of your household needs, but nowadays women work as well. Right, so right. Um, personally, as a mother, I am a mother of three. So I have the responsibilities to take the parenting responsibilities, and I also work. Right. So... so, so so the cultural constructs there, we're leaning onto the cultural constructs of what burnout and the expectations that exist in the home and how you should act, get 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 loaded on there. And that exasperates the the the, the burnout too. It increases it, I, I would assume, because now you're not only just feeling tired from whatever you're going through, these additional things that are being poured on your plate that are not supposed to be in your plate anyway. Right, absolutely. And I, I'm going to take us back a little bit. Sometimes how we are raised uh, plays a big role into who we become as adults. I was raised by a grandmother who was a hard worker. And I think sometimes we do uh, idolize working hard and we see it as a sign of success and we don't know when to stop. So I really didn't see her stop. I would see her, if she, either she's in the farm, she was a teacher. If she's not in school, she's in, she's in the field. 
So I took that as uh, something that, as I took that as uh, the way things need to be. So I came to Canada, I followed the same steps and I'm in school, I'm working, I had a job, I had, a, I had kids, I'm in, and then there was no time for me. So guess what? I burned out. So you're doing the same thing as well. So our idea of normal comes from our family of origin. What we saw them doing becomes a normal. If they were workaholics or if you were taking time off to care for yourself, whatever it is, you were tagged as lazy. So you come and you grow up and you get into adult life, adult relationships, and you're right. thinking, okay, I can't be lazy. I need to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I can't be lazy. I need to go ahead and do A, B, C, D. And we always have these long to-do lists. Right which are always about taking care of other things. Right, And right, we burn right. out. Right, I look back now and I say to myself, uh, when I was in university and I was back in class six days after my child was born, wow. I could have just taken the time off to take care of my child. University would have still been waiting, but in my mind, I would be lazy to take some time off. I needed to finish what I needed to finish. And that's how we burn out. We have these expectations sometimes uh, those expectations are really unrealistic. As a mother who just gave birth, your body needs to repair itself. Right. You need to repair yourself psychologically and physically. And, and and you set those expectations and that's really how we burn out. Some people, that's how, for, for me personally, that's how I, I saw the face of burn, burnout. So this affects every area of your life. Now we're talking about couples, uh, couples, right. and yep. when we talk about couples or relationships, rather, we, we we're touching on parenting. It affects mm -hmm. how you parent. Um, tell me a little bit more about how, as parents, as a couple, how burnout can affect you as parents, or even just as a couple, how it affects you or financially. Um, financial management, sexual intimacy, right. how you relate to the outside world. How does it affect you? What do couples need to know when they when they feel like this burnout? What are they watching for? Right. So being in a health in a healthy relationship as a couple means that you are present. And when I talk about present, I'm sure you've heard you might have heard the term uh, mindfulness. And mindfulness right. really uh, speaks to uh, the uh, the moment by moment awareness of the here and now. So. If I'm in a healthy relationship and I'm present, I should be able to uh, validate my partner. I should be able to see that, oh, he's tired. He probably needs help or he seems to be irritable and, and I'm able to attend to that and talk to him. And, and if we are struggling financially, we should be able to talk about it without reacting to whatever our problems are. So if you're bent out, chances are you're reacting, 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 and there is no moment to sit back and and respond to situations and witness situations and, and come up with solutions to whatever your problems are because you are bent out. You're not able to, to do what you would normally do if you were uh, operating from your best self. So we are in the pandemic right now. Mm -hmm. And if we are burnt out, it means we're locked into a home and we are reacting from morning to evening. That's messing up the relationship. It means that you're pulling apart instead of pulling closer together. Kids I, at home right now, it's a holidays. There's nowhere to travel. It means that you're snapping. Probably kids maybe just want to stay in their rooms. So this can be a problem. It can be something 
that can affect marriages, couples, dating, relationships in the long run? In the long run and presently, uh, if you have been checking the statistics, the news say that uh, domestic violence issues have uh, skyrocketed during the, the pandemic. Uh, if you look at prop relationships that were already struggling are now um, even worse because you're locked down. And, and the way that I see when you're burnt out, the answer is to take care of yourself. But if your outlet for taking yourself, taking care of yourself is not even an option, is not available, people are now uh, using each other as punch bags. And I don't mean physically, and I mean just emotionally, because you, uh, you are at your home where it should be your sanctuary, but now it's a reminder of the many things that you are missing or the many things that your relationship is lacking. Right, right. So it really tagging if we can tag a word i don't like the word the relationship becomes toxic anything that comes out from one partner or the other is just toxic and that toxin is contained in a container that keeps on filling up there's no outlet to let it pour out right and and i see it as uh more of internalize internalizing you can only internalize for so long before you are a volcano that burst you can only keep so much inside so we, we are locked in together and some people have friends or uh, some people use church as their places that they go to their places of worship or whatever that looks like it looks different obviously from one person to another but all those things are currently not an option available are not available at all. So people are really uh, walking on eggshells. Some people are, I don't want to generalize, but um, it's hard to maintain a healthy relationship when the tools that you often use are currently not available. So being burned out happens. Uh, it's not something that we can necessarily say that I can avoid all the time. Uh, it's a matter of when it comes, we pay attention to it and we remedy it. And the question is, right. how do we even remedy? So how do we deal with burnout? Okay, so you're in a relationship, you're feeling mentally exhausted, you're just, you're just tired, you're irritable, um, you're failing to concentrate, nothing really excites you, uh, anything that you say, not everything, most of the stuff that you say in your relationship, they kind of, they make things worse in the relationship. You're just annoyed and you're no longer fun to be around. So you're there now. Right. We want the mm -hmm. relationship to work. We want the relationship right. to grow. So how do we deal with this couple burnout and relationship burnout? Right. How do we deal with this? Right. right. I think I want to first attend to your comment. I do think it's avoidable. When we plan things, um, when we, we often wait for vacations to have a break, right. but that is the mistake. You need to be taking the steps that can avoid the burnout. So instead of waiting to see the signs of chronic burnout, you can have a system that works, that maybe you have Wednesday, Wednesday evenings or whatever. It's really what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, what you do consistently that can avoid burnout. So it is avoidable, but 
it's still treatable when you find that oh i've been neglecting this and that i've been neglecting to i've been neglecting myself and therefore i've been neglectful to my partner as well maybe i'm not able to attend to him physically sexually or whatever the case might be at that time that's when we can talk about you said what can we do awareness first of all is the first step you can so now we we understand that there's a problem that exists and from what i'm gathering we are able to avoid this relationship burnout as couples or as individuals the reality is you can't just show up in a relationship and expect to be filled you got to bring something to be able to fill into the relationship so if you're burnt out it means that every other area of your life has been burnt out so how do we deal with this shayla tell, tell me how do we deal with this burnout how do we create mechanisms of of having healthy parenting of having uh, healthy financial talks of having healthy in-law talks of having healthy sexual relationships how do we how do we deal with this right that's a really big question uh, it will look different from uh one couple to the next um however awareness is the is the answer i think um is the big is the first step we can't really treat something that we are not aware of we can't fix something if we are not aware that there is a problem to begin with so a foundation of the relationship is what we look at knowing your baseline for instance i talked about i shared a little bit about my own relationship when i got married i was in school full time so mm. i don't think we had a chance to actually even plan what we wanted our relationship to look like so i think we started on a not that was already hectic so as a couple um if you start on a healthy note and you you don't have kids right away like we did let's say you i'm talking about a couple that gets married no kids and you look at you look back to your love story what attracted mm -hmm. us to each other and what did we do for fun what did we want in our marriage so the knowing the baseline so if something starts changing let's say you were you didn't have any kids or let's say you had kids right away like we did it's knowing what is fulfilling to you guys and what is contentment do you have time for fun or you look back to who you were before you got married what what set your soul on fire are you fulfilled as a person because if you're not fulfilled as a person guess what guess what you bring that but take into the yeah. relationship so it's really taking care of yourself if you bring in trauma to your relationship guess what you're going to be baking that trauma into the relationship so healing so you heal as a parent so you can heal your kids so you can bring that love into your relationship and you're not seeing your partner through trauma lens or through whatever problems you brought into the relationship and taking care of yourself when we say self care it looks different from one person to the other so are you eating your meals it's as simple as are you getting a break when your body talks do you listen our bodies are often talking and we are talking about symptoms here yet are you are you sleeping are you eating uh when you see yourself having lack of appetite are you paying attention to that because all of that weaves in together and it impacts how your 
what you bring into the relationship, how you show up into the relationship. When your partner is frustrated, you come, he comes home frustrated and you're not even hearing, you're not even validating you. Maybe you talk about your problems too. So it's all of those things. And I don't think there's one answer. It's really knowing your baseline as a couple, what is healthy for you? What, what fulfills you as a couple? Do you have time for play? Do you have time to, 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 to just have fun and be? And for me, go ahead. So, 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 so it means that there is, it's not a conversation that you can just have in passing. Right. Or it's not just you can sit down and say, oh, you have to sit down and be intentional as a couple. You may even need to write down things if you need to. To say, hey, this is our journey. This is where we've been. Maybe take a piece of paper, split it in the middle on the left side, write down all the toxic things that you've seen manifest in your relationship. And on the right, right side, write down all the positive things that you've seen manifest in your relationship. And then pour into or tap into all the strengths that you've had that would help you guys to get off that 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 fatigue zone. But it doesn't start off with the couple. As you were telling me early on, it, it starts, starts off with, with the individual. individual. Right, absolutely. And it's if you have to, uh, we can't, like I said, you can't fix something that you're not aware that there's a problem. Let's say you are, you're using Facebook addiction or Facebook, uh, you're using social Instagram, media as, Twitter, your, right, as your way out or as, as your avoidance mechanism to deal with what it is that you need to deal with at home. So admitting that there's a problem there, and as a couple you agree that on such, such a time, we will, have, we will unplug so we can plug into each other. And, and following through, and, and you're right, anything that's not written down is just a wish and it's easy to just talk but it's what you commit to, what's written down and you put it in your calendar that on Sundays from That's one to two, we're just gonna take a walk. On Sundays, one to two, we are watching a movie as a family. And so really being present, because if we are not fully present, you're just as good as not there. It's interesting you mentioned the idea of self-care. And over the course of time, I've come across some unhealthy ideas of self-care mm -hmm. where people say you know what i'm taking self-care please mm -hmm. leave me alone what are some of the unhealthy ideas of self-care that we see around there that affect individuals negatively or even the relationship negatively what is out there that couples say hey or individual says you know what? this is self-care i know i can think of one where somebody grabs a sugary donut and mm -hmm. says, I'm having self-care. Is that really self-care when you're pumping in something that is a lot of sugar? I mean, they say, yes, treat yourself. Mm -hmm. What are some of the unhealthy right. ways? So what you just gave as an example is what some people call emotional eating, some people call stress eating. So instead of uh, using eat food as a way of coping, you ask yourself, what hunger am I feeding here? Am I feeding the stomach hunger? Am I feeding the heart hunger? Or am I feeding the mouth hunger? And how you differentiate the three is the heart hunger is where you are avoiding certain emotions or the things that are happening in your life. You're avoiding to deal with that and you're using food as a way of coping. And the mouth hunger is the hunger that is driven by 
cravings, whether it's sugar or salt, where it's really just the mouth, but you're not hung, we're not really hungry. And the stomach hunger would be the hunger where you are actually hungry and you have physically, the physical cues yeah. of being hungry. So eating would be one way. Some people drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. Some people use drugs. And I used uh, social media. I think it's we underrated, but it's really the one way where someone is 100% available to all the illusionary friends, but you're mm -hmm. not available to your partner. Um, you will tell me what's happening in Kingsley's timeline, but you have no idea how your partner <laughs> is doing because and they're sitting next to you. <laughs> right. And they're sitting next to you. So those are some of the um, destructive coping mechanisms that I can I can think of where you know your friends better than your partner, your online friends. <laughs> <laughs> so so this exists burnout exists and the antidote to burnout is self-care coming up with the proper plan individually and as a couple it's interesting you mentioned that they we need to learn to be able to differentiate between emotional hunger uh, mental hunger mental or psychological hunger and physical hunger because we tend to misidentify i have emotional hunger and I am trying to feed it with physical something. It could be sometimes going to the gym. Exercise right. is good. Right. But if the hunger is emotional, going to the gym does not necessarily address the problem. If it is psychological or mental or whatever the case may be, I need talk therapy. I may not necessarily need food as much as it is healthy to eat green and everything. So right. it's being able to identify, coming back to that awareness again, right. knowing what the problem is and then identifying the problem. And I'm actually seeing that somebody may have a, a physical hunger. Right. They will go to their partner and right. want to have their partner fulfill their physical hunger with emotional uh, needs. And really they are now beginning to blame their partner saying, hey, you're not, you're not there for me, or she's not, or he's not there for me, and yet they're not really addressing right. what the hunger is that's happening in them. Right, and and you just reminded me of the quote. It says, "If I don't know who said it, but it says that if you don't heal from what, what cuts you. you, you will bleed on the people that right. hurt you, or something." And that's exactly a classic example of that. You have your physical hunger. And because you are, and it takes really being fully present because if you are not fully immersed in you, connected uh, body-wise, spiritually and all of that, if you are not connected to yourself, you are not, if you don't have the ability to differentiate which is which. All you know is that you have a need and sometimes you don't even know that you have a need. You're just projecting how you are feeling and using your partner as a punching bag because you right. don't know yourself what it is that you need at that time. So it really takes um, silencing the noise and really ch checking in with yourself and being present, being fully present. So ask, is this an emotional need, mental need? Oh, okay, okay, all right. So once you get to a point where you have that awareness, mm -hmm. you know this is happening, what next? How? What are some steps to say, okay, I'm an individual, I'm experiencing burnout. 
how do I develop a self-care plan? How as, how as a couple do we develop a self-care plan? We touched on writing things down. Set it up for me. Set the table for me. Um, couple right. comes into your counseling session. You realize that there's some relationship burnout. What are some of the tools and that you could give them to be able to go ahead and deal with this when they right. get home? Right. It's Where do they begin? It's interesting you say that. I it I will go back. I'll I find like a broken record, but really the key is individuality. So I there are right, some couples right. that I actually encourage that even before we explore the couples counseling, I do think they need to work on some things individually. Because mm. when you come in as a couple, I do believe that you need to have the same goals. You need to want the same thing. It's not going to work if you have one couple who wants divorce and the other couple still wants to work on, right. on the relationship because you have two needs right there that are that are opposing each other. So it's really important that you start in knowing your partner. So if your partner uh, comes in with with trauma, allowing them allowing them to heal knowing what it is that they need from you and knowing that as as a husband or as a wife my job is really not to heal for them it's a journey right. that they have to travel on their own so if the couples take if the person in the relationship is taking care of themselves and maybe you're noticing for instance my husband recently said talk commented to me about over committing because mm. you're gonna take this again, <laughs> and 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 it took me a while to actually not be defensive and realize that he was right. He's right. I, I, I don't have down. the time to take on something else. I do need to take care of me and the family and the kids. So really, when you are taking care of individually, check: Are you taking breaks at work? Are you? Those breaks were put in, in, in practice for a purpose because we do burn out. What are you doing as a person? It's really bringing the individual pieces together as a couple to say, okay, what do we need to do together? How can I help you to flourish as an individual? Because if that person is fulfilled as an individual, there's no doubt that the relationship flourishes because you bring in two healthy people together. An individual has to start and then the couple can finish it off right because if an individual hasn't started it what they're bringing into the relationship will just be a continuation of the dysfunction that they they have as an individual right and so, then in the end we end up using relationships as a rehabilitation center for all the brokenness that we've had we created as a norm when we were growing up uh, in our families of origin Right. And, and I mean, you, we look at the couple as a whole. How are you doing financially? How are you doing sexually? How are you doing physically, emotionally and mentally? So you look at the whole, uh, they call it wheel of, wheel of wellness. So you look at the whole wheel and look at the individual segments to say, which piece you, I, what I do to couples and I will break it down like that and say on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing financially on a scale of one to 10? How are you doing romantically? So you break it down and, and then you ask the question, what do we need to do to get to a 10? 
And half the time, the answer doesn't lie in the therapist. It lies within you as a couple because you really need someone to hold your hand, but you are the ones that are driving the vehicle. The other person is just a passenger who's supporting you, but you do have the answers. So when you see yourself having a scale of two out of 10 in romance, that's just right there. You have, a, you have answered your question that we need to work on the, on, on the romance piece. What is happening? How come we're a two? How did we go from a 10 to a, to a right. two? And what do we need to do to, to get to a 10 if that's where we want to be? Or you could find that the husband is okay with the two and the wife is okay, <laughs> wants to be a 10. And then that's when you realize that maybe it's more than that. Mm. How do we bridge the gap? So you, uh, there's, there's the, I believe there's about eight areas of wellness. There's the mental, psychological, physical. You can find these online. And, and as Shayla is saying, you, you can go through each one of them. That's a starting point. Ask yourself on this one, how are we doing? And don't answer for the other person. Answer for yourself and see what your numbers are. One person, like you were saying, might be at a two. And, and one person might think, hey, we had a seven. Like, no, we had a two. Well, I thought we were the two. Then there's a discrepancy there, mm -hmm. which means that's an area that you need to address. And some areas you would both agree and say, hey, you know what? We're at a one. Or some areas you'd say, hey, you know what? We are at a nine. We're, right. We're killing this area. Mm -hmm. So that's one exercise for every couple. Find the eight uh, areas of wellness and start looking at those things individually, uh, one by one. Burnout is something that we can avoid by coming up with strategies and systems to be able to heal, uh, to prevent it from coming. So self-care is really something that we can use to avoid burnout. Come up with a systematic plan of how you do it, how you work as a couple. It's interesting you mentioned that we wait for vacations to be able to take self-care. Mm -hmm. By then, it may already be too late. Right. And even when you are on vacation, it boils down to what do you do when you are there? Because you can take the vacation and bring work with you, right? So it's really what you do consistently and what you do when you're on that vacation. Are you attending to each other? Are you attending to yourself? Or you're just using the name vacation to take some time off work, yet you're bringing work with you mentally. Now, let's talk about compassion fatigue. The relationship has been going on and you've been in these cycles where you are burned out, you're lashing out, and things are not going well with the kids. Things are not going well in the bedroom or at work, you're lashing out. And there's this cycle and the compassion fatigue, I would assume, would kick in. Tell me more about compassion fatigue. Right. So compassion fatigue is seen as a special, not really special, but a unique uh form of burnout so it, it's seen as that because when we are in caregiving roles or helping roles that's not just mean people that are working but uh, even you as a as a couple or as a parent there's a level of compassion that you bring into your partner or your family so when you're compassion fatigued it means that you no longer have the ability to see the cues that my people here are needing compassion. They need me to be present. And maybe you have a partner who's bringing their work, their work stress at home saying, so-and-so said this to me. And instead of you 
um, being able to witness that with them and share your compassion, you're lacking that at all. You're no longer as compassionate. You're just there, but you're not hearing the person. And it could be the same with the kid. Let's say you are a parent that has um, a kid that's being bullied at school. They come home to share their grief with you and you're not able to meet them at their need. You're not able to see that my child needs compassion here. So you're no longer present enough to meet the needs of the people that you love because you're so burnt out that there's nothing to give. So you lack the compassion, not because you're not a compassionate person. It's because you have drained yourself. You're serving from deficit instead of from an overflow. There's nothing for you to give. So you're no longer able to give the compassion that your people need, whether it's at work or it's at, it's your partner or it's your children. So that's where we hear people say, you don't care anymore. Right. It's coming from there. It may have, I'm assuming compassion fatigue, it's either, it's not either you have it or you don't have it. It's a spectrum whereby it keeps on increasing and increasing and increasing. So it could be that maybe you're on the far end of the greater end of the spectrum or the lower end, where you hear people say, you don't care anymore. You don't right. care anymore. That is compassion fatigue that has built up over time. Well, Sheila, I mean, uh, we, we can go on and on and talk about this conversation. I know there's a lot to cover. Each individual needs to come up with their own unique. There are about seven plus billion people and each individual has to come up with a different self-care plan, which means there's seven plus billion self-care plans that come up because we are unique. And yeah. once you come up with that self-care plan, have the conversation as a couple. Now, what happens if the husband, I'll use the husband because sometimes mm -hmm. we tend to be, the husband doesn't want to or feels like, ah, we're okay. And the wife or one partner feels like, I don't want to. And the other person seizes it as a need. Right. How does the other one who wants to get there get the other person to see it as a need or to move to start addressing whatever it is that's causing burnout? Right. It boils down to um, you can't take you, you can't force change on somebody. The person needs to want change. So it's not trying to change the person is working on yourself as an individual. The, the harder you work on yourself and have yours needs met you will get the answers you will find your answers as to um why am i in this relationship to begin with and yeah. what is fulfilling about this relationship and you ask yourself the questions as to why is he content with our relationship being a one whether it's sexually or financially how come yeah. he's content and i'm not so you you will really eventually you will find you will find your own answers because but the focus should not be trying to change the other person the focus should be you as a person being fulfilled as an individual and being content with your life and realizing what is missing and whether the other person compliments you or they are part of the problem sometimes that's really what it is but you have to answer those questions yourself. Sometimes even the counselor or um, whoever your support system is, they may not have the answers for you. You have to answer those questions yourself. And sometimes I, I talked about the foundation of the relationship. If you got into a relationship to fill a void, 
uh, and maybe you feel that void as a person and maybe you've outgrown that relationship. It's really knowing what it is that you you are in that relationship for. And if your needs are not met as an individual, you have the answers to what you want to do, what the next step is. Because maybe when that partner is happy or is not committed to the change, they are trying to communicate something. So you being fully present to hear the unsaid, to listen to listen to behaviors instead of what their words are. And you will have the answer as to how come I'm in this uh, relationship that is really physically, emotionally, and mentally draining, and my partner is, seems to be okay Content. with it, or they are not really seeing a problem. What is it about me as a person that makes me feel like I still have something to fight for when the other person doesn't seem to be uh, con seeing a problem at all? Answering the question, why is it this way, will allow you to figure out the how. Because sometimes we tend to look at our partners and think that they are the problem. Mm -hmm. It could be that maybe it's trauma that's informing their worldview. And right. it's not that they're complacent or they're comfortable with that. They just don't know. So having those conversations as to why and then having to figure out the how part. And now that's where you lean on love. If the partner sees that you love them and you're having those conversations on how right. you can both grow, it mm -hmm. becomes a gateway for you to be able to deal with burnout and have a healthy self-care plan that goes on. So that way your parenting is not affected. Your, your conversations about parenting, um, in-laws, whatever the case may be, are not affected and your sexual sexuality is not affected. Sheila, mm -hmm. we can go on and on and on about this conversation. I know you do some stuff about this particular subject, not specifically, but you cover a whole lot more. Where can we find more information about you? All right. So I am on different platforms. I'm on LinkedIn as Sheila S. Dubey. And I am on Instagram as the dot wellness uh, dot empowered and i also have a facebook group called the wellness empowered tribe so i can be found on those three platforms or i can be emailed at info at wellness dot com i really do enjoy the psychoeducation aspect of things because uh, i <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you so much Shayla for coming through the relationship factor as always if you want to drop a comment have any questions you can always reach out to relationshipfactor.org where we have some free resources that you can check out and hey if you like the podcast why don't you go ahead and share it with a friend or a neighbor and while you're at it why don't you go ahead and give us a 5 star rating thank you so much for tuning in to relationship factor it's a wrap thank you everybody thanks Shayla Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.